we accept the love we think we deserve. Stephen Jabosky. Bending Not Breaking, The Dragon Prince Edition. Episode 2, What is Done. Hello and welcome to the second episode of this new segment of Bending Not Breaking. This podcast has been a journey and I'm really excited that I get to take advantage of this time between seasons, between Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra, to do The Dragon Prince and kind of just spend some time loving on this series because it is beautiful and there's so much to offer. But there's often never enough time to really dive into the things we want to dive into. But thankfully, uh, I have this opportunity and I want to just thank you for being a part of it and thank you for listening. And uh, there is so much going on that the reason this is a solo project is because, like, if you're into Star Wars, my co-host, Sunshine, has decided to take on all of the Star Wars content over the next year, which is equating to, like... (laughs) well over 800 hours of content. It's it's uh, a lot. And so if you're here for just the Dragon Prince, that's awesome. Uh, but if you're interested in following us and looking into the other things that we're doing, check out BNB underscore pod on Twitter, Facebook, etc. If you want to follow uh, my co-host Sunshine's Adventure with Star Wars, you can check out BNB underscore pod at TikTok. There's just a lot going on. But again, if you're here for just the Dragon Prince, Uh, I highly recommend checking out our main feed that focuses on Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Uh, The whole purpose of this podcast is that we believe that we can find truth in fiction, and it all starts with that. So, as I said last episode, uh, much like our Bending Not Breaking feed, my plan is to focus primarily on the content of the episode we're discussing, but again, cannot promise there won't be spoilers. So if you haven't watched all of The Dragon Prince, at least what is released until this point, I'm warning you, I might spoil something for you. So you have been warned. So today we're talking about love. Love is our lens for episode two. And I love love. Who doesn't love love? I love love. Love is just beautiful and wonderful and great. And I have a short story about it. Uh, So in my work uh, developing leadership skills and others, I came across a really beautiful book called Positivity by Barbara Fredrickson. She actually wrote another book called Love 2.0, which is all about love. Funnily enough, though, I'm not talking about that. (laughs) Uh, But she's a positive psychologist from UNC Chapel Hill, and her book In her book, Positivity, she discusses the different components of positivity. One of my takeaways from the book was the concept of this idea called a positivity portfolio, in which you recruit stories about you from the people around and close to you. And the prompt for these stories is, please provide three stories uh, about ways that I have contributed to the world or made an impact on the world. And... Over the years, when I would ask my team to engage with this exercise, I would always add two or three people to my portfolio, uh, because I did it on my own the first time, and then I wanted to continue to add to it as I did it with 
more and more groups. So all in all, I probably have um, 20, 30 people worth of stories of impact that uh, I have made. And theoretically, you can use this portfolio in a number of ways. It can help develop awareness around your strengths. It can give you warm fuzzies when you need to pick me up and you choose to read it on your own and return to it. Uh, It can help you realize gaps that you might have uh, that you didn't realize you had. But for me, I will always return to one story in particular that I received from a childhood friend of mine. And she wrote this. She said, I do have one more thing you contributed to my life and probably a lot of others. I saved it for last just because it's a little embarrassing to admit, but I think you show people how to love. You were one of my first crushes as a little girl. And through having a crush on you, I saw how much you put into your own, quote, love at the time. Not sure if it's the same anymore, I guess. I think younger people love without as many walls. But I saw how important and not fake love needed to be through you. I think many people, not just girls, probably learned how to love from you through friendship and camp. And I think it has shaped my life the most because in my mind learning through those kinds of experiences has taught me to love without question and to give it my all every time no matter what even if they are idiots and i end up crying (laughs) it's a huge way i live my life to the fullest by letting myself fall in love as many times as i can before this ride is over you teach people the greatest lessons even when you aren't trying that is a particular and spectacular contribution to everyone's life around you. Ooh, so I, uh, when I first got that, I was like mind blown. I, like what a gracious, loving compliment that I, uh, and story that she was able to provide me. And this has been one of the single most important stories I've ever heard about me because I so want to be this person who helps people love more. I want to be that person. And it is, it is the lens through which I try to make all of my decisions and I, the way I try to live my life. And I know I fall short, but I, but love is how I want to engage with the world. And it's amazing to me that this act of love from my friend to give me this story could nurture so much within me. And her capacity to see that within me helps me to see it within myself. And for that, I am grateful. And so I just want to continue to learn how to love better. And that's honestly, that's why we're talking about love today with the Dragon Prince. So without further ado, we're going to dive into some love and the Dragon Prince together. But first, before we do that, it is important that we all know what episode we are talking about. So I have a short, short recap. I'm going to try to do as fast as I can about episode two. On my mark, get set, here we go. So Runan decides with Callisto to leave Rayla behind for the mission and tells her to stay behind. She's all upset. Callum tries to apologize to Ezrin, offers to do the jerk dance, which I'm really excited about for later. Claudia plays a few magic tricks on Callum using Aspero, that's important for later, and explains about primal stones. Callum says he would switch places with her, and that prompts her to go to Viren and talk about how Harrow could switch places. And Harrow's like, no, dark magic is bad, okay? And Rayla's like, oh my god, I need to get to the castle. And then she almost falls in the river, because we know that's scary, because she doesn't like water. And Harrow's like, oh my god, Callum. 
stepfather son chat isn't that beautiful and it's not awkward at all but they hug and they cry a bit and it's beautiful and then Rayla says she's here to kill the king and his son and Callum's like no kill me instead and Viren is like no 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 the soul thing serpent will keep you alive and dark magic is the bad according to Harrow okay and then Ezra and Callum escape with the help of Ezra's little friend and they discover the dragon prince is still alive <gasps> okay well there's a lot that happens, and I try to do my best and fit it all in, but, you know, can't win it all. So there are moments on love that I want to dive into, so we're going to go straight to it. We're talking about love, we're talking about the Dragon Prince, we've had our episode recap, and now it's time to dive into the content of the episode. So the first moment, and the moments I pick for y'all are not necessarily in chronological order, they're more in order of like, oh, this is a love moment that I want to talk about. And so, again, they're not in any particular order either. Uh, maybe I should order them. How would you like them ordered chronologically? I don't know. Give me feedback. Tell me what you like. But for this episode, uh, the first one that I want to talk about is Harrow and this moment. Uh, he says, I have accepted that tonight I may pay the price for our mistakes. And it feels like there's some resentment here or some damaged love. It seems between Harrow and, and Viren, they're, like it seems they were once best friends, almost brothers even, but... But somehow along the way, Harrow began to resent the dark magic that Viren wields. And I wonder whose fault that is. Like, there's there's a lot of things there. It feels to me like if you don't condemn it, you condone it. And whoever holds the problem owns the problem kind of a deal. So if Harrow never kind of addressed it before, is this something that Harrow is resentful because he didn't set a boundary earlier? Like, where does that that damaged love coming from? Is it coming from Harrow's mistakes and his regrets for not having acted, or is it coming from true ire or anger with Viren? And Harrow allowing it to be present and used all these years could easily be a self-loathing in a way for watching the dark magic exist and then not like holding his friend accountable. So I don't, I don't know, there's a lot there. Because it's it's not just Viren. Like, all of our damaged relationships are not purely because of the other. Uh, they're also on the part of the people who feel resentment and feel the damage. And that like, that, that can be very dangerously articulated if, if not done uh, intentionally. But it, this is not meant to be if you get hurt, it's also your fault. That That is not what I'm saying. But it is saying that at what point over such an extended period of time could have, could Harrow have said, this is, this is something that I don't feel comfortable with sooner or could have set that boundary. Because often I think what happens is loving others is more difficult when we aren't able to set up boundaries that protect us and allow us to love, right? Like it, it's loving myself in a way is setting that boundary. And I wonder if Harrow struggles with that because this is a really just a, a big moment. And I, I'm, I'm curious about your take. So fill me in. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Harrow Viren moment? My next one, uh, my second point on on love that I saw was when when Claudia runs and finds Viren after her conversation with Callum. And obviously her conversation with Callum is rife with uh, flirty, flirty, flirt. But this moment with Viren really stuck out to me because she runs up, she's like tapping her nose, she's really excited. And 
He says, not everyone speaks Claudia, Claudia. And I just, I, I died a little bit on the inside there because I, I know what it feels like to be so excited and so full of something that I, I believe the other person will enjoy. And then just to be, for that to be sucked out is really tough. And Viren's clearly frustrated. He's frustrated with Harrow. He's frustrated with the situation. And it feels like he's taking his feelings out on his daughter, on, on Claudia. And it makes me sad because I feel that we are more prone to do this with our loved ones than we are with anyone else. It is easier to fall into bad habits. It is easier to let our emotions guide us in a negative way with our loved ones because we are safer with our loved ones. We have that emotional container that is typically safe around our loved ones but often because we feel safe we let ourselves be seen in a way that is not ideal and i wonder if viren regrets the way he responded to claudia here i I imagine he would if he thought about it but it takes that awareness and I, i know that i have done what Viren has done and like pooped on <laughs> somebody's excitement but I I just I want to offer a blessing for all of us who are going through really tough times and are really angry and frustrated especially nowadays and we let our emotions get the best of us and we respond to people that we love in a way that we don't feel that we should um, that is a that is a second moment of of love that that I noticed. My my third my third moment is with Rayla, except it's not what she says or what she it's what she hears. And we overhear a, a really simple, small conversation between two guards, and one one of them saying, "I had two eggs," and then no, four eggs, and then okay, but like that was too much, and so we get it. The other respond other responses, we get it. Three eggs. And this moment is so fleeting. It's a fleeting moment. It lasts less than 30 seconds on the whole show. And I just, I really don't love small talk. Um, And on my worst days, this is definitely how I would respond. I'm just like, why are you telling me about your breakfast? What is your deal? Why are you wasting my time? I would like, it's just, there's so much going on there that I'm like, why, 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 why? So my first, I, I want to bless her uh, for her response and anyone who feels frustrated with needing to maintain small talk niceties when they may not be up to it because I know that I have been that person. And then I, I really want to flip it on its head because I struggle with this and I have been challenged on this many times, but I want to flip it on its head and offer a blessing for the guard who ate two eggs and a sausage for breakfast. Oh, and then he ate four eggs and then he ate three eggs. And I just, I want to offer a blessing for this, this officer because many people love to talk about the small things in their day. Many people enjoy having those conversations about breakfast, about their sleep rhythms, about their exercise. And People like me get annoyed with small talk like this, and it becomes really difficult to form community and form relationship with people like me when we, when we respond that way. And so 
I want to bless those of us who connect with others through the small joys in life. And uh, I'm really grateful for you because you help me see the world in a more loving way. If I can love the small things and the small wonders, perhaps I can be a more loving individual. So thank you for, for teaching me those things. Okay. Four, number four of five. So this one, this one's big, y'all. There's there's a lot going on here. And this is with Harrow and his conversation with Callum. And Harrow wrote a note and he told him to break the seal when he knows when. <laughs> and Callum guesses what is happening, and Harrow proceeds to say that that history is not something that he can overcome. But but Callum wants him to try. And Harrow's response is, what is done cannot be undone. And that's uh, the title of the episode, right? What is done. What is done cannot be undone. And the, the statements that are thrown around during this conversation, like a child is freer than a king and take care of your brother. I just, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of withholding in this conversation, but at the same time, there's a lot of clear love for one another in this conversation this this moment this hug is heart-wrenching especially when you know what's coming like oh my goodness it is it is beautiful and i just parents dealing with how to tell their kids that they may not be around the next day is i can't i can only imagine that conversation i just i can't imagine it and it's it seems so incredibly difficult and, and challenging, and I would not know the first thing on how to navigate it. So I'm really grateful for for this, this moment where we see Harrow, especially talking to, to Callum, who is his son. It's, he is his stepson, but giving him that, that, uh, that trust as his son is, I think, really important. And so I find it really beautiful. Okay, uh, number five. This one is a coming back to Viren and Harrow. And so I, I wanted to kind of um, make this a little bit cyclical. We started with Harrow and Viren, and now we're ending with it. And in a, in a different way, and because they these scenes made me think about their relationship differently. And so this is the scene where Harrow... Viren comes to him saying, hey, you can, you know, switch bodies via this serpent. And Harrow will not do it. He will not sacrifice himself. And Vero calls him out on his pride and say, and like, and they just have a big fight about dark magic again and, and the egg. And I just, you know, Viren had so many opportunities here to admit that he has the egg. He had so many opportunities and he withheld every single time. And we get into practices and we get into rituals and we get into habits. And I, sometimes I think we have to analyze our habits and our, our, our selves and what we're going through and constantly evaluate whether we can change. And like, it is never too late to choose love. That is my opinion. And that is a direct quote from uh, Bridgerton, if you're watching that on Netflix. Um, but it, it's never too late to choose love, right? And I, I love that because Viren, like, had so many opportunities to admit he had the egg and admit his mistake. And that's something that I think could have happened. But again, in this conversation, we hear the phrase, what is done cannot be undone. 
And yes, I agree with this statement, but I disagree that situations cannot be repaired. Love can survive if if the wrongs are acknowledged, if they're healed, and if they're rare. But when Viren continues to dig this hole, it seems like it's becoming a wider and wider gap. And I wonder if that's a part of the relationship break. Like, and on the other hand, like, Claudia, for instance, is like, no, stoppable is just another kind of stoppable. Like, and it suggests the difference between, like, this adult approach and uh, this, like, quote, childlike belief in love and in change. Because I believe that children are born to love, and I believe that people are born to love, and that we learn ourselves out of it. We, we learn that love is, like, we get hurt from it, and so we learn to, to not lean into it. And I, and I wonder if our journeys here on Earth are, are just a return to love. How do we return to love, and how does our journey help us do that? Um, there's a book called A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, if you're, if you're into reading and into conversations about things like love, uh, that might be something you're interested in. I have a particular interesting point on, on this relationship between Viren and Hera, though. And, and so, do we think that Viren is trying to keep Harrow alive because of his love for him? I, I saw a theory on Reddit uh, that suggests that Viren may have loved Hera more than platonically, like especially with his wife out of the picture and having his kids and having both of their wives gone. I, I, I wonder if there was something more in terms of their love that we only see glimpses and hints of. And that's just a question I have. I want to kind of put that out into the world. What would it be like if Viren was acting out of love and how does that change how we see this relationship? Because, when, like Viren says, every one of these men and women would gladly trade their lives to save yours. And, and Harrow asks, would you? And there's no response. I... I just, there's a, there's a lot in that statement. There's a lot in that question to unpack because who knows what situation would have to be like to have to be willing to give up your life. I don't know. There's, there's a lot there. So I wanted to offer some of these thoughts for you on, on love and how love manifested for me in this episode. And there's a lot of other moments that I wrote down and I, I had to pick five because I want these episodes to not be just going on forever. So if you saw moments of love that we didn't touch on in the episode, please let us know. Like, here's a little bonus, like bonus, like in the credits, y'all, you see tons of these loving scenes and these pictures that show up, like Harrow and Callum have this loving scene, Ezra and Bait, Claudia and Callum. There's just, there's a lot of love in the, in the credits. And so anyway, 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 there's a lot there. So thank you for allowing me to be present with you and talk about love with you. Uh, but for now, it's time to move on to our next segment.
Alright, we're back for the Lens MVP. This is the character that gets the MVP award, most valuable person, in terms of the lens. And I, today, am giving the love MVP to Callum. And he gets the MVP award today because of his love throughout the episode. He's just full of care. This, this, oh, I just, I love Callum. And... Specifically, I want to talk about this moment where he gives Ezrin space in the beginning, and he claims his—he claims Ezrin name, his name to save Ezrin, and he does a lot of things. Like in the in the beginning, when he is like owning up to his mistakes with Ez, it's it's really beautiful. He offers to do the jerk face dance. He's he gives him his space. He doesn't barge down the door. It's just, what a loving act. And then, like, when he says, no, I'm Ezrin, it's just, oh my goodness, Callum. And then, like, and then he's really kind and caring with Claudia. And he's just an all-around winner in my eyes. A, a catch, if you will. I, I, I'm a big fan of Callum, and I, I find him incredibly compelling as a character. And I love love, and he's incredibly loving. So... That's my MVP. I would love to hear yours. Do you have a different uh, nominee for the award? And if so, let us know. You can tweet at us. You can hit us up on Instagram. Remember, BNB underscore pod. We have a Facebook group. You can join us too. We'd love for you to, to take part and join us. Uh, but for now, it's time to move on to gratitude. Okay, gratitude. I am grateful for, for King Harrow. And I want to I want to be grateful for Hero because a, a person in a leadership position that would be willing to sacrifice another for their own well-being would be a leader that I would struggle to follow. And just especially considering that we talked about integrity last episode, it just makes me feel a little weird to 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 think about what it would be like to ask someone else to give their life for mine. And I just, I really think Harrow sets a really good example here, and it's an incredibly challenging place to be, and I'm grateful he chose to honor the lives of his people, because that can be, I could see how tempting it would be to to give give someone up willing to do so in order to save my own life. And so I'm, I'm grateful for Harrow showing us the way here. Okay. Again, thank you so much for listening. This has been a really wonderful experience for me so far, and I'm, I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to learn from one another in this journey. So again, you can find us on social media. You can find us via Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all under at bnb underscore pod we have a patreon if you'd like to support us and help us grow and continue to do this work uh, you can support us there at bnb underscore pod and we have multiple perks and tiers for you to consider as you join us uh, there are you can, we have a, a limited facebook group where you can come and talk about episodes we have live uh, episodes once a month uh, with some of our patrons who are at a certain tier, we have lots and lots of cool bonus episodes that we offer. And so just in general, thank you uh, for, for supporting us in advance. We truly uh, help our our whole uh, podcast grow with everything that you provide. And we couldn't continue to do that without your help. So thank you. 
Uh, I want to also thank uh, the Arc of E for hosting this podcast. I want to thank Alex Mayfield for uh, being my co-host and my friend, and I'm grateful for you. I want to thank Noah Blanchard, who is our executive producer, Kira Martin, our uh, social media volunteer, and then finally Max Gongaware for being our uh, producer for Bending Not Breaking the Main Feed. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for being here. And until next time, be well and do good. <laughs>